Give God another phrase. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. Well, we are in a series called The Unshakable Life. The Unshakable Life. And I was thinking about something. I was thinking about some words that Jesus used when he was talking to his disciples. And he said, those that hear my words and do them, I will liken to a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and they beat on that house, but it did not fall because it was built on the rock. Those that hear my words and do not do them, I liken to a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and that house fell. Now listen to what Jesus ends that with. He says, and great was its fall. How many know that we need to build our lives on the unshakable word of God? The person who lives an unshakable life is that person that builds their life on the unshakable word of God. Why? Because that anchors your life. That anchors you. You become immovable and you become indestructible no matter what comes against you. There are so many things that we could do. We could have positive reinforcement and all of these sorts of things. But when you're not building your life on the word of God, all you're doing is building your life on sand. And I want to tell you, when you build a life on sand, the rains will come. Come on. The floods will come and beat against that house. The winds will blow. And the question is, will your house, will your life stand? Will it stand? And the answer is only if it's built on the rock. If it's built on sand, it will not stand. Come on, somebody. I mean, listen, the three little pigs was a little prophetic, I think. And so if we're going to build, I know I finally got it there, but if we're going to build our lives on the unshakable word of God and we're going to have an unshakable life one of the things that we really need to do in our life is make some faith declarations how many know that you don't even get saved without making a declaration out of your mouth come on the Holy Spirit through Paul said listen you got to believe in your heart the Lord Jesus but you got to confess with your mouth confess with your mouth come on and so we need to make some faith declarations about our life. What is a faith declaration? A faith declaration is something that unites the heart and the mouth with the unshakable word of God. When your heart is united with your words and your mouth, come on, when those two things are together, oh, you're unbeatable, you're immovable, come on. Unshakable life declarations. We started off with, I will live life strong. How many know that that's a great declaration right there? I will live life strong. I'm not going to shrink back. I'm not going to let life pass me by. I'm not going to be a, a doormat for the enemy. Come on. But I'm going to live life strong. And then we talked about, I will love God's house passionately. It's part of it. God built a house for you. And you must love his house passionately. 
And then I really liked, I will hold my head high. No reason for you to walk around with your head held down, looking to the ground. God said, look up. I'm up here. Your salvation, your deliverance, your healing is here. Look up to me. How many parents have ever looked at your children or a coach looked at a player that maybe has made a bad play and said, look, hold your head up. You got to get up and keep on going. A righteous person may fall seven times, but guess what? That person does what? Gets up every time. Hold your head up, God is saying to you. And today we're going to talk about I'll have an overflowing heart. We'll get into that. And then in the weeks to come, we're going to talk about I will turn to God at all times. God, just like prayer, needs to be our first resource, not our last resort. Come on now. And then we'll say, I'm going to walk on a level path. How many know that when Jesus was walking on the water and he called to Peter and said, come, Peter stepped down out of that boat. And guess what? Both of them were walking on a level path because they were walking on the word of God. And then we'll finish with, and I love it, I will not lose heart. So many people fail not because of their performance, but they fail because they lose heart. Everybody goes back. Everybody fails every once in a while. Everybody falls back sometimes. There are times in our life when we take a step forward and two steps back. Come on. But if you lose heart, you'll stay there. The one who fails is the one that doesn't get up. The one that doesn't get up. Turn to Psalm 27, if you would. And we're going to focus on just a couple of verses today. But what I'd like to do is go ahead and start at verse 1 of Psalm 27 and get down to the the verses that we're going to focus on for a few moments today. Psalm 27, beginning at verse 1, and I'll get to those verses 7 and 8. But beginning at verse 1, it starts off, uh, David is saying this. Listen, he's making some faith declarations, folks. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I will live life strong. And then he went on to say, when the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, guess what? They stumbled and fell. Couldn't even get to me. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Shall not fear. The war may rise against me in this. I will be confident. And then he said in verse 4, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. I will love God's house passionately. Then he said in verse 5, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me and he shall set me high upon a rock. And then he says in verse 6, and now my head shall be lifted up. Oh, the lifter of my head. Lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will sacrifice, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. I will hold my head high. And then verse 7. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, 
I will seek. I will seek. We're talking today about having an overflowing heart. Listen to that same scripture in a couple of other translations. Good News Translations puts it this way. Hear me, Lord, when I call to you. Be merciful and answer me. When you said, come and worship, I answered and said, I will come. Listen to this one, the New Living Translation. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, watch this now, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Lord, I'm coming. I will have an overflowing heart. What does this declaration really mean? What we're declaring when we say, I will have an overflowing heart, we're saying, I will fill my heart with God's word, with prayer, with praise. For out of my heart overflow, the inner voice of God is heard clearly, powerfully, and distinctly out of my heart overflow. A.W. Tozer said this once. He said, the Holy Spirit speaks to thirsty hearts whose longings have been wakened by the touch of God within them. God will, will speak to your heart. He said, seek my face while I may be found. Come and talk to me. Come, let us reason together. An overflowing heart. Now, when we talk about an overflowing heart, what are we talking about? Are we talking about that muscle in the middle of your chest that beats and doesn't need to be plugged into any electricity, doesn't need a battery, doesn't need to be recharged, but it just simply pumps blood throughout your body uh, for a number of years, some 80, 90, 100, 120 years. It just works. Are we talking about that? As amazing as that muscle is, no, that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about I will have an overflowing heart. The heart that we t we're talking about scripturally is the inner man. Come on. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. God creates something new. He, when, when you cry out to God and say, Lord, save me, I believe in you and I confess it with my mouth, you know what? It's almost as if God yells into some deep place where your spirit is and says, wake up! Now, wake up! You are alive! And he breathes the breath of life in you. That's the heart that he's talking about. The heart is the inner spiritual man inside of each person that is born again. And that heart, that heart can see, that heart can hear, that heart is able to discern. That's how we uh, commune with the Lord, spirit to spirit. Flesh speaks to flesh, but guess what? Spirit speaks to spirit. That's how we commune with the Lord. Listen to what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. He said that the Lord uh, God... Our Lord Jesus, the, the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Watch this now, because we sing this. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of his glory, of the inheritance of the saints. Your heart is the real you. 
Now you're confined in this body, in this flesh, and you're dealing with your emotions, your, your thoughts and your will uh, and, and, your, and everything that's in there that you think about. You're dealing with all of those things, but the real you is your heart. The real you is the spirit man, and that's what we're talking about today. I will have an overflowing heart, an overflowing heart. What happens with the overflowing heart? Well, Proverbs 4.23 says this, keep your heart with all diligence. Why? Because out of it spring the issues of life. Spring the issues of life. This inner person must be right because there's something that comes out of this thing. All of your issues of life come from it. How many know that if you want to deal with something, you need to go to the source? You can deal with things that are on the cover, but if you don't get to the source, it'll never be dealt with. And some of us need to look into the inner man, our spirit being, because if that is not right, if our relationship this way with a spirit man, I'm not talking about just reading your Bible on the outside and doing the things that you're supposed to do so that you can check them off a list. I'm talking about if we don't have our relationship with the Lord proper, we'll never have the relationship with others proper. Come on, somebody. We need to have that right first because out of it, out of it, spring all of the issues of life. Finances, relationship, uh, sickness, uh, uh, job, whatever it might be. All of the issues of life spring from that. That's why that has to be right. Has to be right. Matthew 12, 34 says, Jesus said this. Listen, he's pretty harsh. He said, you brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance? See, there's an overflow out of our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You may be a person that says, well, you know, I don't have any abundance in my heart. I'm just, I'm just uh, here and I just want to live my life. But I want to tell you something. Every person... Now, I haven't interviewed every person in the world, but I I feel pretty confident in saying that every person seeks and searches for something, even if they don't realize it. People have questions. What, what is life all about? What is its purpose? Where did it come from? Even people who uh, believe uh, in evolution and the Big Bang and may not believe in, uh, you know, creation, uh, they, they have questions. You mean to tell me that uh, there was a, a singularity and all of our cells were in that singularity and all of a sudden so, something blew up and all of our cells spread out through all of the universe, but somehow they found their way to Earth, uh, one planet in a vast universe, and now we're all here? How did that they have questions there's questions in our heart that all of us have even if you don't realize it and a person that says I don't have any questions I would dare to say you're suppressing uh, the longing that's in there you're just suppressing it it's not that it's not there you just made a decision to suppress those questions but we all have questions from that inner man and that's the abundance that we're talking about And God is here to answer. He's the only answer for the questions that you have. Luke 6.45, a good man out of the what? Good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We must understand that those things that are in our heart, in our inner man, are precious to us. They're valuable. 
Because, listen, somebody could steal all of your clothing. You know, you could wreck your car and lose that. Someone could steal your identity. Uh, you could even drop your phone in water and it's gone. Who knows what might happen? And uh, everything, everything, you might lose all of these things. But guess what? Those things that are precious, no one can ever take from you. Those things that are in your heart, those deep beliefs, those deep longings, that is the treasure that Jesus is talking about here. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. You have treasure in there and God wants to preserve that for you. You have an overflow. Your heart overflows. He, uh, Jesus said in John 7, 38, he who believes in me, watch, as the scripture have said, out of his heart will what? Flow, flow rivers of living water. Psalm 45, 1, my heart is overflowing with a good thing. That means not only does something come out of your heart, but it continues to flow. Life continues to go on. That's how you, that's how you uh, uh, live. <laughs> it's how you live. You're, there, there's things out of your heart. There's questions that you have. Sometimes every question uh, brings up another question. And when you get an answer, all it does is bring up another question. But God is unsearchable. It's impossible to ask one question and get it answered about God. We must live our life longing and seeking and searching for God. That's what he wants us to do. He says, come and talk to me. Come, let us reason together. Because, listen, God is not just about your works. God wants your heart. Watch this now. God doesn't judge your life by your works. God judges your life by your heart. By your heart. Do I have your heart? Because there'll be some good works and some bad works. There'll be some victories and some failures. Come on. There'll be some mountaintop days and there's going to be some valley days. We all know that. But in the midst of all of that, do I have your heart? Do I have your heart? David found this out. Oh, as long as he has my heart. The overflowing heart encourages a praying heart. We must stay in touch with the Lord Jesus. Here's what happens with the overflowing heart. The overflowing heart, first of all, it cries out to God. It must cry out to God. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Hear me, O God. The overflowing heart looks for answers. It searches, it seeks, and it cries out to God. Andrew Murray said this. He said, here you have the secret of the prayer life. To meet God each day. To live in the light of his love. To draw near in an absolute surrender to his will. God the only Lord in the glory of his unspeakable love, giving himself wholly for us and the soul in true worship and adoration, giving itself to God with all the heart and all the strength. The overflowing heart cries out to God. And, and as Andrew Murray said, God gave himself wholly for us. You remember the old joke about the, uh, the chicken and the, and the pig as they contribute to morning breakfast, eggs and bacon, right? The chicken makes a contribution, but the, but the pig is all in. Come on, you know that old joke. Well, how many know that Jesus, the Lord and Savior of your soul, 
is all in. He proved it to us on the cross and not just the cross. He's proved it to us since the beginning of time. He's all in. Jesus is all in. He's not chicken. He's not a pig either, but we do know that he's all in. Come on, somebody. He gave it all. Jesus paid it all by giving it all. He gave all of it. His perfect blood. Come on. Blood and water flowed out of him. And he said, it is finished. And all he wants from you is all. Come on. He gave all. And then secondly, the overflowing heart believes it will receive answers from God. Uh, the overflowing heart doesn't just cry out and, and as if I'm just, uh, you know, throwing something out, hoping something will happen. You know, a farmer doesn't plant in hope. A farmer plants in faith. Come on. I'm expecting a crop. This is my livelihood. I'm expecting a crop back. And so the, the overflowing heart, come on, it believes that it will receive answers from God. Have mercy upon me and answer me. You know, God uh, told us through the prophet Jeremiah, call to me. How many know this is a promise? He said, call to me and I will answer you. He promises that to us. Call unto me. Come reason with me. Come and talk to me. God is almost begging us. He's saying, I'm here, but he wants you to come to him. Come on, somebody. You might say, well, you know, God, uh, I mean, you, he knows everything. He's omniscient and, uh, you know, he, he's all-knowing and he, he knows everything. So why should I have to say anything? Well, just like a good parent. Come on, somebody. I, I, I know what my son might do. I know what my daughter might do. But still, at some point, I want you to come to me. And God is saying that. This is why. Because God didn't create you just so he can only rule over you. But he also created you that he might have relationship with you. God created you for relationship. And guess what? Relationship is two ways, folks. It's not just us. God give me. God give me. God give me. God wants to hear from you. Your thoughts. Your dreams. Your unbelief. Your failures. He wants to hear all of that. It, he doesn't, he, but God's not saying, just come to me, but only come to me uh, with all of the positive things. Come to me with everything. That's what it means. Uh, I surrender all. That's what that means in case we didn't know that. It means everything. All of my failures. God knows your thoughts. Sin. Whatever. You know, those things that so easily beset you. Whatever is in your life. God is saying, come to me. Don't try to clean yourself up. Don't try to figure it out on your own. Come to start with me, God is saying. Come to me. So the overflowing heart does believe that it will receive answers. And yes, the overflowing heart hears the voice of God in the heart. When you said, seek my face, I said to you, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, will I seek. You know, I had a friend that we used to talk a lot about uh, God and our relationship with God. And one of the things he used to tell me is, he said, boy, you know, when we talk uh, every once in a while, you say, you know, I was in prayer and, uh, you know, I believe God was speaking to me about this. And he said, you know, I just, it seems like I never hear from God. Uh, God doesn't ever say anything to me. But one of the things I believe is that God is always speaking to us. And when we say that God, we don't hear anything from God, uh, first, let's start with, it's not on God, it's on us. Come on. I'm not trying to talk about you or offend you, but I just want to let you know that it's not on him, it's on you and I when we don't hear from God. 
Because he told us. He told us in Psalm 46 exactly how to hear from him. He said, be still and know that I am God. So many of us are not still. Be still doesn't mean stop walking. Be still means clear your mind. Come on. Be still means pray. Be still means seek my face. Be still means uh, expect uh, me to speak to you and expect to hear. That's what be still means. Be still and know that I am God. He promised us that he would speak to us. He promised us that if we would come to him and talk to him, we would hear from him. But he's saying, be still. Sit before me. Come on. Be still. You know, I think uh, a lot about our lives and, and, and how busy we are in life. And I want to I tell you this. This is something that God really showed me. That so many of us do so many things in life that we don't have time for God. We, we know that. You know, we can look in the mirror and, and say that. We're, we're just consumed by life, by uh, work and children and errands and all sorts of things. We're consumed by life. There are some of us who have good hearts and we do a lot of good things. So we may, we may be consumed by a lot of good things that we're doing. I'm doing this, you know, for my sister, and I got to take care of my mother, and, uh, you know, I'm working to take care of the family. I'm doing all these good things, and I want to say something to you. I don't want to offend you this morning, but I want to say this to you. If your life is consumed by good things and there's no time for God, you're out of God's will. Come on now. You're not in his will. I'm doing all good things. No. God, remember, it, God does not judge your life by all the good things that you do. He judges your life by your heart. By your heart. Are you doing all good things? Are you doing all God things? He said, be still. Well, you don't understand. So-and-so needs my help. You don't think I'm big enough to help him? You're bigger than me now. Okay, I see what it is. You got to help. I can't. You help him. And then when you're done with that, then maybe you'll have time for me. I mean, it sounds kind of bad, but come on, God is, God, God can be a jealous God. Come on. He wants you to put him first above your husband, your wife, your children. Come on, people. Above ministry, above your job, above everything. He must be first because if that relationship is right, but seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness and these things will be added unto you. I'll take care of all of the things that you want to do to help people. I'll give you the strength and the grace and the resources to do all of that but I must be first. Your relationship with me must be first. Be still. You know I laugh uh, sometimes because I think about some of us, you know, we get up to go to work in the morning and uh, there are those uh, who would want their sleep. And so they wait till the very last moment. You know, if you got to be at work at eight, you know, really knowing in your heart, you probably should get up at six, maybe 6.15 or 6.30. Because this way you can brush your teeth. I hope you do that. And uh, you can, you know, wash your underlings. And uh, maybe you have time to sit down and eat. We don't read the paper anymore, Jody. We used to do that. Maybe read the paper a little bit. Or look on your phone. I don't know what you do now. Uh, you know, and, and do all of those things and relax. And then you can leave on time and get to work on time. But a lot of people are not that way. A lot of people got to be at work at 8 and they get up at seven eighteen, 
and, and then try to take a shower, maybe grab a bagel on the way out. They're putting on, buttoning up their shirt. Guys are buttoning up their shirt as they're getting in the car. Ladies putting on makeup, driving down the street. And, you know, and, but so many of us, listen, we live our life that way, metaphorically. We do. We just go from one thing to the next thing to the next. And God is waiting on us to come and talk to me. But this is important, more important than me. Think about it. Yeah, as soon as I get done with this, nothing. Now, I don't know if you really get the impact, and I'll move on from this point. I don't know if you really get the impact of what God is telling you and I this morning. I don't know if you get the impact of nothing should be more important. Not even, not paying your bills. That doesn't sound right, does it? No, you know, my dad taught me you pay your mortgage first, and then it's not more important than God. Now you're starting to get the impact. Nothing should be more important to him. But what we don't understand is if we make him number one over everything, our mortgage, our marriage, if we make him number one over all of that, how blessed and how sweet will all of those other things be? He'll make all the rest of it sweet. That's what I love. It's not a message on tithing. Don't we already been through that? You know, we'll get back around to that maybe next year, a couple years. Don't worry. But that's what I love about tithing is that when, I'm, when I tithe, I would rather have 90% of something that's blessed. Come on now. And it's with our life too. You give your life first to God. Come on, I'd rather have uh, 90% of my time blessed giving 10% to God. Come on, rather than having all of my time, this is my time, having all 100% of my time and it being cursed. Come on, can't ever get anything done like a hamster in a wheel. Make God first. The overflowing heart hears the voice of God. And then the overflowing heart responds to God with prayer, even intercessory prayer. Now, let me say something about this. The overflowing heart responding to God with intercessory prayer. When we hear that word intercessory, a lot of times we're thinking, yes, well, I need to you know, pray for so-and-so. I need to stand in because uh, you know, my wife is sick, so I'm going to intercede, or so-and-so needs to be saved, and I'm going to intercede. But how many know that intercessory prayer uh, includes everything in your life. Every petition that you have, we need to bring before the Lord. That's really what he wants us to do. He wants us to seek his face and he wants every petition through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, he wants us to bring it before him. And we think about Philippians chapter four, all right, bring, bring all of your, bring all of your all of your thoughts, everything you have to God through prayer and supplication. But I want to show you way back in Daniel, Daniel chapter 9, verse 3. He said, then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplication. Fasting, sackcloth and ashes, that's always been there. God's always said that. What does that mean? That means all of your requests, bring them to him. There's no request too small, no request too big to put before the Lord. We try to do certain things on our own, and then we say, okay, God, this is a big one. I better bring it to you. But God is saying, bring everything. Are we getting this where God wants everything from us? He wants it all. He wants it all. And if he gets it all, all of it will be blessed. And you say, well, I don't know. I tried that. No, you didn't. If you tried it and you're not blessed, you didn't try it. You might have given 98%. You might have given 94.3217%, but it wasn't all. I guarantee you that because God's not a man that he would lie. Come on. And he's not the son of man. Come on. He, 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 God does not lie. 
And so let me quickly just give you these, <laughs> laughing at myself, these seven declarations, sub-declarations to this overflowing heart. You know, no one's ever asked me, uh, or very few times in my life has someone asked me uh, when I'm talking, what's your point? Because I usually have about seven of them. But here, let me give these to you quickly. The overflowing heart declarations, and you might want to write these down. You know, put it in your phone, in your notes about this overflowing heart, because I think it's important. I think it'll change your life, uh, not only with the Lord, but I think it's going to change your life with others. I think it'll enhance uh, your life on your job, in your finances, in your health. I think this will really, uh, I, I think this will help you. So you might want to write these down. How do we have an overflowing heart? What are these declarations we need to make? Well, number one, I will cleanse my heart from all the unnecessary clutter. Come on. How many, knows we have, how many know we have some clutter in our lives? And sometimes we just need to set some things aside. You don't need everything. You think you do, but you don't need everything. Some of us are spiritual hoarders. <laughs> Come on. We need to clean out our house. You don't need everything. You can live without it. I remember uh, working my job at AT&T and having my desk and I was an engineer and uh, we kept a lot of paper records and we kept uh, blueprints and all this kind of stuff and every conversation I had with somebody I wanted to jot down and keep just because uh, it didn't happen if you didn't document it you know a lot of times uh, some of you know in corporate America know what I'm talking about document 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 and I had all this stuff and all these messages and notes and I remember one time being at my desk and uh, finding some things on my desk that had been there for two and a half years and I hadn't used them since the first day I wrote them down and then I began looking around and I began to find all this stuff that I've been keeping and hadn't even used it some of the stuff had been there seven years and we don't even use that system anymore whatever it was sometimes we need to take uh, inventory and just wipe some stuff off our desk there's some stuff you don't need you don't need all that stuff assess Number two, I will fill my heart with the words and thoughts of God. Not your words and your thoughts, but fill your heart with the words and thoughts of God. Fill them with his scripture. David said, many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done. And your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. Watch this now. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Do you know God thinks more thoughts about you than you can count or number? He thinks about you. You're not an afterthought to God. You're not somebody that he says, I'll get to. You're on his mind even right now. Even right now. Number three, I will fill my heart with the presence of God. I think this is an important one because I think there's a lot of us that really feel like because we're doing work for the Lord, because we're faithful and we come to church, because we read our Bible and we've memorized, you know, some scripture, because we know how to pray. There's certain words in prayer that we use that people can tell, well, he knows how to pray because he said ancient of days and uh, exalteth above this and thusly. And boy, he really knows how to pray. And we think because of some of those things, by the way, you know, uh, you know, revelation on that too. I mean, uh, God's not impressed with all your words in prayer. Okay, and uh, listen, probably shouldn't. I, I'll go ahead and say, I, you know, I love, uh, I love when, when, when uh, I love the movies that, that uh, you know, a lot of the Christians make. And one of the movies I love 
dear to my heart is war room just because of the message okay but just the one thing in it is you know listen don't think that you're you impress god uh because you're in a war room and you use certain words and you stomp around that's good nothing wrong with that but all i'm telling you is god's not impressed with you he just wants your heart so if that comes out of your heart great but I'm just telling you, don't think that you hear Brother James pray, so I'm going to use those same words. Uh, you know, it's not the, the same words that he uses. Or I heard Jody, the way she did this. Now. No, God wants your heart for you. Who are you? You are who he wants. Come on. And so, uh, fill your, fill, I will fill my heart with the words and thoughts of God. I will fill my heart with God's presence, not just doing things, okay? And number four, I will fill my mind with the things of God. Think on the things of God. Come on, sometimes, you know, uh, listen, God said, be still and know that I'm God. Be still is not sitting on the couch watching Netflix. You say, well, I'm still. I know you're still, but your mind's not still. Make your mind still. Come on, fill your mind with the things of God. Number five, I will fill my, my heart with meditation and reflection goes right along with it. Take some time to meditate and reflect. You know, we were talking about getting up in the morning and being late for work. You know, my point to that whole thing was there's sometimes maybe we just need to wake up a little early and, uh, you know, just meditate and reflect. I mean, it's not that you got to get up immediately, jump out to bed and start, you know, speaking in tongues and, oh, God bless this day because, you know, just go before me and all of those words. Listen, God's, God's saying, look, just think about me. Just think about me when you wake up. And I'll bless your day. Just think about me. I'm here. I've been thinking about you all night. I've been watching you sleep. I know some of you think it's creepy, but he created you so he can do it. He's allowed to do it. He created you. He made you. He knows your dreams before you dream them. Come on. And then I will fill my heart with faith and new vision. Some of us in here need to fill our heart with faith and new vision. Faith and new vision. Think about that. Some of us have a stale spiritual walk. We need faith and new vision. And then lastly, I will live a life full. We take it all the way back around. I will live a life full with an overflowing heart. I'm going to live life in abundance and overflowing. I'm not just going to live life for myself. I'm going to share with others. All right, what did Jesus say? How will we, how will all people know that you are disciples of Christ by the love that you share one with another and that only comes out of an overflow if you're selfish and self-centered you'll never have an overflowing heart Acts 17 28 says for in him we live and move and have our being as some also of your own poets have said for we are also his offspring it's all about him and we need to share that with others Last scripture, Psalm 126.2 says, Then our mouth was filled, watch this now, filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. And so what I want to tell you is this, this whole thing is not, it's, it's not a burden for you to live a life for God. It shouldn't be a burden for you. It shouldn't be a hard thing. God is saying, come unto me. I'll give you joy. And my presence is the full fullness of joy and at my right hand there are pleasures evermore and they said then our our mouths were filled with laughter you don't think God likes to laugh God loves joy and he wants you to be full 
of joy. I will have an overflowing heart. Stand to your feet this morning. There's one thing I want to want to pray with you about, and that was back this number six. I will have I will fill my heart with faith and new vision. I believe that there are some of us this morning that need to have our hearts filled with faith and new vision. There are some of us that have been going along in life and maybe it's getting a little stale. Come on. Maybe there's some questions that we have. Maybe there's some questions for God that we have. But it just seems as though uh, things have slowed down spiritually. And I believe that God is reaching out to us this morning to say, I want to fill your heart with faith and new vision, refreshed vision. Every head bow, every eye closed right now. I just want to say, if you're a person this morning that would say to the Lord, Lord, I just need a refreshing in my vision. I I do have faith, Lord, but I just need a refreshing in my vision. Won't you open the eyes of my heart so that I can see you clearly? If you're a person this morning that would say, I just need a refreshing, God would say, come on down to the altar this morning because I want to impart to you just a a, a fresh vision. Come on and a refreshing for you. God is saying, he said, come and talk to me. Come and talk to me. He can help you if you don't, but I can guarantee you, if you come, he will. He just wants to refresh you. It's not a bad thing. God is saying, just let me refresh you this morning. I want to refresh the vision. I want to give you a new vision for your life, purpose, that you'll know exactly and clearly what I want out of your life and how I'll work in your life. Come on, if that's you this morning, if you say, just refresh me, Lord. Just refresh me. Faith and new vision. Faith and new vision. God is saying, I'll do it this morning. I'll blow a wind into you this morning that will refresh you. It'll give you a new strength. God wants to give you a, he wants to renew your strength like the eagles this morning. He wants to pour out his grace on you this morning. And God is going to push you out this morning. Maybe you're a person that your expectations haven't been met. Maybe there's some things in life that you expected to happen and the opposite happened. God is saying, I have a purpose for that this morning. I have a purpose, but come and talk to me. Just come talk to me this morning. Come and talk to me. Let's sing that. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord.